1: Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.
2: Typical disgusting display. the oh,
0: oh, oh. Tonight, we got them. Goldie and the Sulk. The that's
3: Typical, disgusting, disgusting, disgusting display. And it starts
2: right now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Goldie's masterpiece is that intro. <laughs> I love it. Love it's the impersonations. <laughs> uh, welcome back to another episode of a typical disgusting, a typical disgusting
0: disp- display a podcast for writers yeah. by writers who hate writing. This is a
3: coup. Everyone on the ground. Oh. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just some tourists looking around. This is not a coup. It's all very friendly. Six people died. Not a coup at all. Just normal tourists. Yeah. Thanks for that coup. You can, you can Wait. coup, coup that moment. Anytime. First joke of the day.
0: First joke of the day. <laughs>
3: there it is. Right off the bat.
0: I have a list uh. of demands.
3: <laughs> I'll meet them all. Uh, um, yes. Well, you know what? Thank you for that writer's coup right up top. You know, you, you, I, I was gonna start uh, coup aside by issuing a mea culpa this week. Um, for for people who listened last week, we had a top five category, top five best sequels of all time, mm. and I thought our lists were pretty good, except for mine, mm. which excluded. The Empire Strikes Back,
1: I, which I, debated. I, I debated. was
3: ashamed. I am ashamed <laughs> that it was not on there. And it, it certainly deserves to be on there. It's maybe number one. It, oh, wow. It's certainly number two or maybe number one. That was completely my fault. Yeah. I, I somehow missed it. I'm a Star Wars nerd my whole life, and and I blew it. you forget? forgetting. And incredible. I blew it.
0: It's, that's like not thanking your wife at the Oscars and your yeah. retirement party and you, the, the renewal of your vows. I mean, it's yes. just such an oversight by it's you. It's a huge Because over... I don't care about that stuff, but your whole life is based around oh, like, my... do C-3PO. <laughs> uh, comment about it. Uh, R2D2, let's talk more
2: about him and luke oh and the empire I mean, the
0: death star even though i'm pushing 50 this is all still important to me for some reason oh, i need to get into my star wars sheets and my mommy to come and kiss me good night
3: that's exactly right and as you may or may not remember about me my my childhood bedroom in my home in weston still has the empire strikes back sheets and star wars wallpaper that oh, my wow. mother was what, still. an
0: indictment of your mom's opinion on your marriage. It's just like he'll be coming back. <laughs> I better keep the room.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need case. it. Yeah. <laughs> in case he needs a place to sleep for about a year yeah, <laughs> while he gets his I'm, life together.
0: I mean, my mom hasn't I would say it's 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 died down in the last year, but I would say until last year, she was like, you know, you can always come live with me.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: God. That's yes, kinda sweet it, though. It is very sweet, sweet, but it's yeah. also it's also it, like Yeah. Yeah, if I came to live with you a
3: lot would have gone wrong for yeah, me, right? just yeah, so I've, you know.
0: Like I've, many, many, many pyramids would have point. collapsed
3: in my yeah. life. I've kind of been making my own way for a quarter century, but I appreciate yeah. The, the version
0: of me might not be able to move and might not be in its right mind. It might be like a me monster that you're pushing from room to room that's just trying to hit you because I've gone insane
3: (laughs) (laughs) just like some episode of intervention where you live with your mom (laughs) oh my i love that term a me monster oh god it's not
0: it's not me anymore if i'm back home at 50 yeah
3: it's frank and goldie um but and that's one person not frank and Goldie. um but anyway, so my apologies to uh, yeah, uh, the director of Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> whose name, as you may remember, was uh, Mr. Irving Kirshner, which is crazy because oh you always think you're like, oh, George Lucas. No, no, no. Yeah. Empire, Empire Strikes Back was directed by a man named Irving Kirshner. <laughs> so that's the thing at the end of Empire Strikes Back, which is like a fantastic movie with a great ending and has all the fantastic music. It just... Iris is out, and instantly it says, Directed by Irving Kershner. It doesn't seem like a galaxy far, far away. That That, that seems like... The
0: last joke of Spaceballs.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's the galaxy far, far away is Yonkers. Yeah. You know?
0: The galaxy be... far, far away, so we better leave now.
3: Yeah, don't forget to bring a sweater. Space is very cold. You Irving... know,
0: we'll stop at that McDonald's in Springfield and use the restroom at, on the way to the galaxy, so that you know we won't be in, in dire straits by the time we get to the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs>
3: and no treats in the car. Um, yes, yeah, so Empire Strikes Back. You deserve probably the top spot on that list, but I blew it, as De Niro said in Copland. I blew yeah. it. So on kind of a a more festive note, um, Goldie. I know you and I are big fans. So we all saw Steph Curry oh, break the uh, three point yes. record in Madison Square Garden the other night. It's yes. very exciting. Break the record. Uh, held by uh, Celtic great Ray Allen, who probably had the most beautiful shot in the history of basketball. But Steph is, you can't not love Steph. Everybody loves Steph. Whereas LeBron is kind of a polarizing guy. Steph, everybody just loves him. He won, you know, he took over, hit a great shot to break the record. And just to watch all the fans in New York, you know, it was an away game, but they all embraced him. They stopped the game. They gave him a standing ovation. And it was, what? What do you I,
0: think? This is one of my uh, uh, a little, this is a little like it's a grain of sand in my shoe. Yeah. It's that New York gets touted as the Mecca of basketball.
3: And it sucks. Mm. They, yeah. It's totally it's undeserved.
0: Been. Like, they're like these great New York City point guards. It's like Kenny Anderson, he sucked. Uh, <laughs> Steph Marbury, not good. Yeah. Way better. He's more China's, you know, right. point guard. Oh, right. True. Sebastian Telfair, bad. Tell fair, the Knicks, yeah. bad forever. Bad They forever. go to Brooklyn, bad. Christ. So it's like, New York, you're not the Mecca of basketball.
3: I know. Uh, you're you're right. the Manhattan
0: clam chowder of basketball. Ooh. Oh, that's scathing.
3: <laughs> that is scathing. But you're you're right. You're 100% yeah. right. I so it's I like, wonder... oh, the gardens, the temple?
0: No, it's like people go in the garden and blow through like Kobe and destroy it. With there are 81 point games and you guys watch and go like, oh, we're the greatest fans. (laughs) Spike Lee is teasing Reggie Miller. It's like all you're doing is looking stupid because you just lose, lose, lose. (laughs) And you're not that good at basketball. You you have this attitude and you think we're all as into it as your attitude is so great. It's like, no, it all stinks. So I, I just go back. Steph, they're lucky. Steph blessed them by uh, yeah. blowing <laughs> through town and playing some good basketball.
3: Uh-huh. Nice. I like that take. You're 100% right. And, and of course, fittingly, the Warriors did end up winning that game against the, the hapless Knicks. Haple- oh. They don't have any hap. They are hapless. <laughs> <laughs> non um, But Goldie, watching some of those people at courtside kind of reacting to the moment, including Spike Lee, others, it reminded me of a few years back, Goldie and I were were very big Clippers fans. I've got my sweatshirt on now. Because, I mean, we lived in, we live, you still live there, but living in LA, I couldn't like the Lakers because I just hated them from my Celtics days growing up. So the Clippers were the kind of plucky underdogs. And as it happened, Goldie and I got into them. Right when they got very good. Like they got Chris Paul, Blake Griffin when he was young, DeAndre Jordan. It's not delivery, it's DeJordan. That never caught on, (laughs) but I wanted it (laughs) to. And
0: And they called themselves Lob City, and then we christened ourselves...
3: Blob City. Yes.
2: <laughs> Which
3: I loved. And by the way, you're you're counting yourself in there, but you called me that exclusively because <laughs> there were definitely times when I was heavier and you kept calling me Blob City and Blob Angeles and all this kind of stuff. It was it was very funny. I was laughing That's all great. the way through my tears. But we we've had a, a few memorable games there, but there was one in particular that that stuck out to me that I think is is worthy of mentioning because it was just a fun memory. And also I think it it somehow serves as like for people who want to be writers or comedy writers in particular, I always tell them like, they say, well, what should I, what should I be doing? How should I be starting? And I always go back to this notion of like, can you make your friends laugh? Like, is that, because that's a good indicator if you're funny. Like, can you make your friends laugh? And I think back on one night, when we somehow, I think through your agents or my agents, I Who's don't even your remember. Agent? Yeah, yeah. So we, we but, got,
0: but no one ever thought I was valuable enough to to <laughs> bring me that. somewhere or give me tickets to anything. It was like we're not going to lose him. We don't need to do any maintenance.
3: <laughs> well, I thought you were valuable enough, and and the, if the tickets were given to me, so you and I had yes. courtside seats, and that that's you know the best in the NBA. It's like probably yeah. the best sporting event to watch like way up close courtside NBA and we yeah. were um, in these seats in the front row kind of caddy corner with the visitors bench so that night oh, the Clippers happened to be playing the Oklahoma City Thunder and this is back now six seven years ago I think it was eight or nine but maybe yeah. it was it yeah. was it, it was back when OKC was a very good team, and the Clippers were a very good team, and they had a heated rivalry. Yeah, they had Westbrook, and maybe even KD back then. I'm pretty sure they did. And they had a heated rivalry with the Clippers. They were two Western teams fighting to get to that top spot in the West. So we go to this game, and we have a couple— Well, before
0: we go to the game, first— we go to Trader Vic's, yes. which, which is a tiki swash. place that, they, that is no longer there and it has some franchises. But just to set this story up, I was drinking a lot at the time. Yeah. Trader Vic's was my favorite place in the world because yes. I love Mai Tais. So okay. I to the point I even celebrated my birthday at Trader Vic's. Anytime I would drive by a Trader Vic's, I would stop. So I loaded up. I had two or three mai tais, which means I had nine drinks. Yeah, wow! Before wow. the game, and a lot of sugar. Oh. So, yes. uh, and then they bring us back before the game. They bring you back at the Clippers game to a special room. Here's what's in the special room: Billy Crystal oh, and yes. shrimp.
2: <laughs> yes. That's
0: the VIP area. As <laughs> yes. you go, there's a bowl of shrimp and there's Billy Crystal. Right. Now go to your seat. So yeah. I'm, we're fueled up. <laughs> On booze, sugar. We've just seen Billy shrimp. Crystal, and we've each had four shrimp. <laughs> so can, please continue.
3: Yeah. So four. we get to our seats, and and you know they say in the NFL when you score a touchdown, you just hand the ball to the official and act like you've been there before. Um, we were not that. No, we were courtside, fired up, very excited. Yes. So. Of course, the game gets going, and as predicted, it's a, it's a hotly contested game. There was actually a side note: there was a fight in that game that night, and it got played a lot on Sports Center. And you mm. can see Goldie and I far in the background, like yeah. on the on oh, in the amazing. front row, like oh, standing this- <laughs> up and pointing at the fight. Anyway, the game gets going. We're a little bit sloshed. Goldie starts to heckle the OKC bench, and we're we're not. 10 feet from them. We are very close to them. So they are hearing him. And,
0: and maybe we're accustomed to sitting further back and we yelling are. these things and then getting lost right. in the crowd. Totally. And for the first time, we're kind of realizing, oh, they can, they can hear us.
3: Yes. So Goldie starts yelling at, at, at different individual players on the bench. There were, they had a backup center named uh, The Beat. Ha, oh, yes, ha, he was like a seven Hashim foot the beat Hashim the beat. We got the beat. Um, <laughs> he was a, a, a seven foot one backup center. And Goldie, you noticed something that he was drinking. right? Well,
0: I, this first of all, because it's going to cast me in a poor light when you hear what I said, if you don't know the context. <laughs> that, so I had become very adept at yelling things, anticipating silence and then yelling them into the silence. Yes. so that they would be heard by <laughs> everyone at their and like free throws were a great time to do this. And so Nick Collison, who was a backup center, and I, I could get very personal with these. So I I knew Nick Collison <laughs> was on Twitter and trying to be funny on Twitter, oh, like because nice. I'm a big NBA fan or whatever. So as he was stepping up to the free throw line, he's dribbling, and then when he stops his dribble, there's a there's some silence in there. I know. So I just yell as loud as I can, "Hey Collison!" Your Twitter sucks and just miss. So it's like because you know everyone else is yelling these generic things, but if you can really zone in on something that's important and personal to them, it's not like I know the names of their family, but like I'm not being it's right. not dirty pool. I mean, that's right. You're out there on Twitter, yeah, it's fair, your game. Twitter get, but it's not something that's normally yelled at a basketball game, right? So right. I've been doing a lot of this type of stuff, and we could we'll talk about the. Maybe the big other motif of the night later. Yes. But so the beat flipped me off first. He yes. he gave me the finger. <laughs> yeah. And so is this is why amazing. I then said to him, he was having a terrible game, you know, yeah, and I was and, saying and to season. him like I had looked at the stats on my phone, I'm like, I think you have one rebound. You know, <laughs> yeah. you're seven foot two. You have one rebound. You're the second tallest player in the league. Anyway, so yeah. he had like flipped me off, and then he's He's drinking Gatorade. And I just say, hey, oh, no. that has 50 grams of sugar, you big dummy. No wonder you can't run. Have some water. <laughs> no. the,
3: the, the, you big dummy. I can still hear that echoing. And it just... Like a sound wave washing across their bench. And, like, you even got the beat to, after he'd flipped you off, he he gave you, like, a couple of the, like, he looked back and gave you the fake laugh face, yeah. like, oh, that's so funny. But it was yeah. like you were getting him. And then the coup. But the also, gr- yeah.
0: I want to point out that we were big Clipper fans. Like, the point of he all was- this was not malice. The point of no. this was... To contribute to winning the game, yes. which was at the time Somehow. very important to us. And yeah. I feel I, that made me begin to feel like, oh, we're having an effect on the outcome
3: And you did. Because we're Ab- getting
0: this attention. Like, people are
3: looking at us. Absolutely, we did. And that's like even, so, of course, the next we we upped the ante. And instead of... Then going for the couple players that we were picking on, and it was having an effect, definitely. Then Goldie goes for the brass ring and he starts going after their coach Scott Brooks. And now tell 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 them what So y-
0: I had been begun to notice over the course of the game that his suit was one size too big. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was undeniable that he was his suit did not fit him right and like so i just started in in these moments of silence of, hey brooks your suit is one size too big it looks clownish the jacket of your suit is too long it's torn your knees it looks stupid every time you stand up you look like you're wearing your dad's suit you look like a fool who bought, who forgot his suit and then had to wear someone else's suit. This is Los Angeles. Everyone is laughing at your suit. You might be able to wear that suit in Oklahoma City, but here people understand clothing and they know. And so I'm just going off on this suit and, and it's like...
3: Oh, like, it was it was yeah. glorious. And, then and like, I think
0: like the the main thing I started zoning in on was like, you're not a size forty two. You're a lot smaller than you think. You think you're bigger because you're around big people, but you're a thirty eight and maybe a 38S. And I'm just and so, literally the guy stopped standing up.
2: He had been standing up a lot. Yes, and he
0: and, just and stopped. In-
3: And in that moment, not only did you personally, and I say this all the time, Goldie won that game. Like the (laughs) the difference in that game was not big. It It was was a very close game. It was a matter of like six points one way or the other. Between the free throws that Collison missed, between Thabit being totally mentally taken out of the game and then their coach literally being dressed down by Goldie emasculated and and that coach was let go subsequently and I believe to this day that that he lost the locker room that night he lost the respect of everyone under him because Goldie so hammered him on his clownish suit he did look like a child in a play who was playing an adult and like you just yeah, absolutely you have yelled that. Uh, yeah you just <laughs> oh my crazy. god that was w- what a night that was and of course the the weird sort of side note of the whole thing was we we happened to be sitting like two seats down from i wish i had looked up his name i feel like his name is like adler like no 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 no
0: like adler's the guy lou adler's the guy at the lakers games
3: okay oh,
2: it's,
0: it's, it's this weird kind of lizard looking guy who wears like young person silver jeans and stuff and he hated what we were doing Oh, that's so funny.
3: It's a guy who goes to like almost all big NBA games. And he looks like, I I describe him as, he looks like Crocodile Dundee's grandfather. He wears like a big brimmed hat and like shark teeth necklace and has long hair. Yeah, And he's at every game and he thinks he's like the commissioner of fans. And he's
0: friends with the players. And it's like, they don't (laughs) like you. No one likes you. You're just a rich person. (laughs) Like you're some rich boomer who moved out here when a house cost a dollar. (laughs) And now you think you're wise because it was just like there was no one here doing entertainment and you somehow succeeded in a field with nobody when no one lived here well fuck off
3: yeah so he didn't he he didn't like what we were doing but i firmly believe that we swung the game that night so that was just something about the steph moment and all the fan interaction like brought that to mind and i thought it was worth bringing up again because i miss it i mean i do
0: miss like it's been i mean you're not out here and you had you were so generous with those tickets and yeah. I love going to miss, those games. like it was really fun to go to those games it took so a lot fun. out of me I remember I remember there was something I, like something bad had happened like one oh you know what it was is I think part of the backstory behind it was my older kid had gone to the hospital and I'd been so worried and that, concerned and she had gotten out of the hospital and I was I was like just had all this pent up yeah. and yes. anger oh, and anxiety that I was like, because I remember after that game going like, I feel so much better.
1: <laughs> like, like, oh, that's amazing. There was amazing. this
0: drive behind it where it was like, oh. every all the tension I'd been holding in, I was like, I'm just
3: going to release it on Scott Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> and I it did. worked. <laughs> oh, my God. And it was a, such a direct hit. God, that was exciting. And that team, boy, what a, what a disappointment in retrospect because they should have at least made the finals, and they yeah. never did, but they were so... So fun to watch. Um, yeah. l- I remember you know, being a- so
1: exciting. Yeah.
3: Dunks. Dunk City. If you like dunks. Um, yeah. Anyway. It was also, that-
1: a, I mean,
0: when a team like the Clippers, like the Lakers doesn't need a good halftime show. People are just no. going to go to the Lakers no matter what. It's like people yep. are going to go to Disneyland no matter what. Yeah. So you know, maybe they don't work as hard on the food Or right. they need to. Because it's like, what difference does it make? Like if this They're turkey coming. sandwich is good, you're coming. Right. And yeah. the Lakers are that way, but the Clippers aren't. So the Clippers have to provide at halftime. It's like, you know, a seal on a unicycle playing basketball. And like, they just have all these crazy halftime shows. It's like plate spinners. And yes, um, yes. I just, one of the, the great memories around that time, and I, I don't know if you were with me or, I was with someone else but a guy came out on the court for like one of those half court shots to win a car right oh and um he you know he was not in shape at all and his son was out there with him and his son was like 8 and it's like okay this isn't going to reach the basket <laughs> no, be anything no. And the guy hits the friggin' shot oh, wow. and oh, wins so the car exciting. in front of oh his son, God. and I just remember like I think that's my best sports memory. <laughs> <laughs> right. Is nothing has ever matched the excitement of this schlub coming out, yes, and getting a Mitsubishi,
3: <laughs> a Galant, a Galant. Oh, that was great. Yeah, that was right around the time where Blake Griffin jumped over a Kia. <laughs> it yeah. Sounds like a Johnny joke. Yeah. but um, <laughs> he was great. What a great moment in time! It was great. And pre-COVID. Blake Griffin, by the way, as if we shit on Nick Collison, we have to give Blake Griffin his props because he's very funny. He's on funny. Twitter. He, he, he's, he's a he's funny guy. Funny. Yeah, he's a, he's a funny dude. Yeah. He does roasts. Um, I also
0: would like a little bit of credit. I think I deserve a lot of credit as I was an early adopter of Steph Curry. I liked him before everyone. Awesome. I did. And check the receipts. Nice. Yeah. All right. Yes. Yeah, no, you, when his you, ankles were all screwed up and people were like, eh, yeah. I was yeah. like, this is my guy. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: And also, yeah. I, I cool. think I have photos of you in a Warriors hat from very early wow. in his career. Yes. Like you were. We did. You it. Were, wow. You were Steph. on the was. I was, uh,
1: <laughs> I was I'm raised a Warrior fan. And when they won yeah. the first championship, I was sitting, it was in Brooklyn and in the bedroom watching it. And when they won, I was sobbing, I mean Aww. sobbing, and Stu, yeah. Stu came in, who's Canadian, and only watched hockey his whole life. He walked in, yeah. he's like, why?
2: And yeah.
0: just walked away. It's <laughs> a great response to your wife crying.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. am going to try that next time and see you. how it goes. Why?
1: Oh, why? Why? What is I just wrong don't get with it. You?
0: you? Don't literally... wait for the answer.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why? Yeah. You should have saved that story for high note. Oh, my God. (laughs) When Stu walked in and said, why? Um, Man, that sunset is gorgeous.
1: Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back. Get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana. Where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.
3: All right, well, you know what? We talked about it in the opening, and, and speaking of making our friends laugh, let's fail at that <laughs> with some Johnny jokes. Got him!
1: <laughs> got Isn't it
0: great him. that oh, there was like guys like there was a guy on Kilborn after he stopped doing the announcement? But there's people whose only job is to do the.
3: here's
0: Johnny. Yeah.
3: I'm, there's so Johnny. <laughs> I know.
0: It's amazing. That would be I such just a great that. gig. would be
3: great then, at it. You know, consider this
0: an audition. Yeah. To just do that.
3: He'd be great. He'd be great. <laughs> I mean, you could be, hey, now, Hank Kingsley. I mean, I don't yeah. see oh, nice. I'm bald. I'm um, <laughs> bald, that's right. <laughs> uh, what a great character that was. All right, uh, let's stop stalling and get into this uh, business. By the way, my dad told me last week, he listens to every episode. Awesome. And he says, why do you keep... Uh, you keep um, you know downplaying your johnny jokes before you even tell them he's like <laughs> you, you make them sound so bad he's like they're not that bad and then not he said johnny bad. he said johnny used to johnny used to tell a bad joke and then he would be say how bad it was i said well i, I don't know i'm putting the cart before the horse i, I don't know what to say Dad. but, but uh, it was it was kind advice but i can't uh, uh, you got to lower expectations all right here we go uh, well, uh, maybe you heard of this. It's all happening, folks. Eschewing a prenup, a couple from Ohio were the first people ever to be married in the metaverse. Mm, yeah. Wow, no prenup in the metaverse. I hope he met a good lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, okay, well, more <laughs> bombshells from the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, oh. as witnesses testified that she and Jeffrey Epstein would frequently bring underage women to their favorite Chinese food restaurant. Uh, I think it's safe to assume how he liked his egg foo.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. I mean, just walk off over that's a great I, joke. Know, I, don't,
3: I, I wanted to close with that, but I'm going to close with something so That's terrible. Oh, job. boy. Yeah. All right. Here's where they get worse. Here's where my yeah. uh, compulsion to wordplay gets me in trouble. Uh, well, uh, boy, New York sports fans, it's been a tough few weeks. After a neck injury to quarterback Daniel Jones, the New York Giants started backup Mike Glennon who suffered two consecutive losses. Mm. Uh, team officials say if the team continues to struggle with Glennon, they may be forced to turn to G-McCartney. He's oh. yeah. <laughs> 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 egg-foo.
2: They
0: don't call it egg-foo-old, folks.
3: It, yeah, that's right. I like that. I should have tagged it with that. Uh, now, uh, in the spirit of, uh, of uh, Goldie, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch this last joke up. Ooh, I'm gonna okay. switch personalities and we're not gonna do a Johnny and we're not gonna do a Norm, Ooh. but we're gonna do a Jay Leno. All All right, right, you right, know, right, maybe I don't right. I don't know if you if you heard about this is this story so stupid. Unbelievable. Uh recently <laughs> discovered 30-year-old remains have been identified as Frank Little, a guitarist for the OJs. Yeah.
1: Hmm.
3: Uh Little was last seen having dinner at Mezzaluna with Nicole. <laughs> Coming up, we got Matt LeBlanc and the Gin Blossoms. (laughs) I can't believe that's what I ended on instead of x Yeah. All right, second John. Second Uh, John. Second Uh,
0: John. I'm just going to declare a loss and then do my (laughs) jokes. You win. No, that's my bit. (laughs) The United States has a shortage of cream cheese. Yeah, have you heard about this? A shortage of cream cheese. Authorities say if it's not remedied soon, it could lead to a national outbreak of
3: elderly Jews with clean sweaters. (laughs) 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 Can I tell you something? One of the jokes I did not do, and I I just, I'm going to read it only because you did that, just to show how similar. I had Americans are facing a cream cheese shortage this holiday season. Insiders say if the problem isn't solved... The corners of Jewish mouths could become completely undisgusting. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, it's bad. like the same. That's no, no, no. Bad. It's the same joke. Yeah. It's the same yeah, joke. I mean, we were both Twinsies. in the same, I mean.
0: It, I, I, you know what? I'm going to do a J on this one. All just, right. I'm
3: going to call it all. I Oliver. love it.
0: I'm
1: reading it because yes. you did it. I love your day,
0: According to a new study. The global seafood supply could shrink to dangerous levels.
2: Yeah.
0: Here's my question. They're already called shrimp. How much smaller can they get? Uh, That's great. Saved. Oh, what a call with the J. Yeah, saved by perfect. turning that to a J. Okay. <laughs> All right, back to Johnny. The Jacksonville Jaguars have fired their head coach, Urban Meyer, oh. after he compiled a 2-11 record, kicked one of his players, and was caught publicly canoodling with a woman who was not his wife.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, no. Meyer took it in stride and said he's looking forward to using the break to spend less time with his family. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just gonna do a normie. What the hell are we doing? Oh, it. It's yeah, a holiday it week. I don't in. give a Throw shit it anymore. In. Throw it in. <clears throat> COVID. <laughs> <laughs> COVID <laughs> has now killed more Americans than all of our previous wars combined. Yeah, I never thought I'd be saying this, but you're off the hook, Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> awesome the wheels uh, are off
3: no that was great that was, that great. was great yeah we're, we're gonna have to start inhabiting we'll be like ah oh, this is a james corden yeah. Yeah. <laughs> start doing british accents. i think this is more of a Stephen ryan yeah there we go well, like that And now today we're going to get into our theme, our theme this week. Multicam versus single uh, cam, another coup. Just kidding. (laughs) Oh, gosh, darn it. Yes, multicam (laughs) versus single cam. And that is to say, if you're going to create a show, let's say a comedy, because we're comedy writers, or any show let's say, you have a choice between single cam or multi cam. And and that basically means single cam is like what you see mostly on television now. And it looks kind of like a movie, like you can go outside, you can follow people around, you can be out in a field, you're actually filming on location, uh, wherever you go. Whereas a multi cam is like the traditional sitcom that you picture like Family Ties or All in the Family or Cheers where there are just three or four cameras set up around a set and you just alternate views with these cameras that are mostly stationary. It feels a little bit more old-fashioned. But if you're starting to write a script today, that's one of the things you have to think about. Do I want this to be kind of more like a movie where you can do all kinds of cool things and have stunts outside and elaborate camera work? Or do I want it to be a little bit more almost like a stage play um, where you do this multicam version, which is on a couple of fixed sets in front of a studio audience, which you don't have for a a single cam? So, Goldie, what are your thoughts on if you're starting to write something today, which way do you think is the wise way to go?
0: Well, I've now done both of these uh, neither really successfully. My, My show Making History was a single camera show. Involving time travel, a lot of production. Thank you so much. I I watched it. I loved it. Come on. If only several million other people (laughs) would share this opinion, it would really help. Uh, (laughs) And then my last show called United We Fall was a multi-camera. It was a family sitcom set. We fall. (laughs) Yeah. United We fall. We fall. Yeah, that's, that's what uh, our, there's a little surprise at the end of the title because you think I'm going to say stand and I, star, I don't say it. Instead fr- I say we fall. fall. Yeah.
3: Our, fr- our friend writer Tom Gamble used to enjoy, when he heard that title every time, he would gasp and say, we fall. Like he wasn't expecting it. <laughs> oh, it makes Goldie Man. Can we next return God. to our topic? Yes, yeah, sure, sure, sure. It's one of those
0: things that genuinely annoys me.
3: <laughs> we love Tom. He's I know, I love
0: member. him, and I I love every other joke he's ever made, except for the one at my expense. I do like the joke at my expense. <laughs> it's funny. How that works? Yeah, that's so funny. I dishing it out, sign me up, (laughs) taking Taking it. it? No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, it gave us that moment, so that's worth it. So I, I guess when you when you start doing this, you should always plan for success, right? So you should always be thinking. What if this does become something? What if it actually does get made? What if it actually does go into production? What would I like my life to be like? How do I picture myself creating? How do I picture myself living? Because they're two very different lifestyles. Um, Absolutely. Very different. Single camera is very, very, very labor intensive. um, Okay. Three very production aspect. Yeah. As opposed to being on one set in front of a live audience and taping it for, you know, two and a half to five hours at a time. You were instead going out at a minimum five days a week. The days on your sets, which is, you know, say in 30 Rock, the sets would be, uh, you know, the office, the stage. And then they would go outside to all different sorts of places. Right. Right. So for budgetary reasons, A certain amount of time you're going to want to be on your sets, which those days are easier because they're more controlled. But what makes it way harder than multicam is that for every scene you do, you have to move the single camera, the one camera, to get a master shot, which is a shot of all the characters doing all the action in the scene. So you see the guy distributing the paper 15 to 15 people in the master. Yeah. yeah, good job. And yeah. you have to get a close-up of each character who speaks and reacts. Now, that sounds not too difficult, but what I did not realize going in, not having gone to film school, was that each time you move the camera, you have to move the lights as well. Yeah.
2: Mm. And yep.
0: moving lights, when I say moving lights, you might think, hey, I take this lamp and I right. move it. From one side of my bedroom (laughs) to the other side of the bedroom, and I plug it in, and there's a lamp there. No. Nope. There's a team of people dismantling rigging, reassembling it, and hanging the lights, and then once they're hung, they've got to be calibrated. Now, this happens 15 times a day, and takes a minimum of half hour, often longer, and during which time, you are sitting there doing nothing. Yeah. Right.
3: Yep. Yeah. It I is know, very boring. And if you a,
0: have kids or you have a life you like, you like to surf, you like <laughs> to go biking, you will see your life hourglass <laughs> dissipating, <laughs> slowly going away, as people move friggin' lights for your show that no one likes that is getting a point three that's gonna be cancelled anyway. <laughs> oh, <God.
3: laughs> Whereas you could
0: be running a multicam.
3: Yes, okay So here's so, the benefit of the multicam. Yeah, yes
0: you're more likely to have regular type hours that you would at any job of, yep. you know 9:30 to five thirty, nine 9 to 5 whatever you get the tape night which is a very exciting fun night you get the excitement of the production the audience being loaded in the warm up comic oh, seeing your things fun. go live being able to change your things live when they fail or when they succeed you can top them, engage the crowd reaction. And it's all, it's pretty genuinely fun and electric, right?
3: Yeah, that Wouldn't makes sense. Say? Agree, agree. Yeah, and your schedule, as you said, so the, the major point there that you're making and your first point is that a single cam is like shooting a movie. It's like you're going to be on a movie type schedule where things are going to take at least 12 hours a day. There's going to be a lot of waiting around to get so many shots that you didn't even know you needed. Whereas... In a, in a multicam, your characters come out in front of a live audience, there's energy and they're doing a play and you try, you know, and you can adjust it on the fly. I totally agree. Now to get into the writing part of it, I would say, and again, I I have not run a single camera show, so I don't know, you have more experience than I do in this regard, I would say that probably it's a little easier to write a single cam show because there's not as much pressure on the jokes and the punchlines don't have to be as hard as they do in the multi-cam setting, which is more like a play. You're there with the audience. It's almost like you're telling stand-up jokes to this audience in front of you. Whereas the single cam, there's no audience. You don't say like, oh, they didn't like that joke or they did you just keep going. You're filming, you're trusting yourself, which can be a good thing. And also you can do extra jokes that are visual because you have the freedom of more camera use to do that kind of stuff. And,
0: and effects as well.
3: And effects. So in terms of going sitting down to write something, I would say it might be a, a little more challenging to write a multicam especially today, there aren't very many that are popular anymore. But that, I, I think they'll come back. I think it's just a question of somebody's got to write a really good one and then everyone will be talking about, oh, the multicams are back. And, of course, every studio wants to do multicams because they're a lot less expensive because you don't have to haul your cameras all over town and have people you know, moving lights all the time and blah, blah, blah. Which I found was
0: true until it isn't.
3: What Say that, expand on that. What do you mean?
0: Well... Uh, My last show had the ratings that it needed to have on on paper to keep going. Mm -hmm. It never lost viewers. In fact, it gained them. It was cheaper than a single cam, and then they canceled it anyway.
3: But -hmm. we've talked about this many times, and we know why that is. It's because of the Sony ownership part ownership of it. They didn't the network I, and studio did not that, own the show. Certainly,
0: th- that's a huge factor, but he, I also think that um there's the perception among executives and higher level executives in particular don't seem to be a fan of this style of show and it doesn't seem to yes. be the thing that gets the critical acclaim. Right, they never get nominated for anything. Like like Roseanne, or which is now the Connors, has been going, 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 m- making money. But I, they don't get Emmys at this point. I mean, partially because of Roseanne's behavior, but also because I think while the average American viewer, I think, enjoys it more, people who hang out at Brentwood Country Mart don't.
3: Yeah, well, it's interesting because I think that that average American viewer you're talking about is kind of sh- it's shrinking a little bit. It's not to say that it a can't come bit. back. They go well, a lot. They go. <laughs> they go. They go. They go. But I feel like America is still open to a great multicam. I, I agree with you that maybe the executives at all the studios look around and they see the shows that are getting nominated for Emmys. They see the shows that are getting, you know, a lot of buzz. And also single cam is a little bit easier to watch for the modern sensibility. It's like it looks better. It looks more like a movie. They can just do more interesting things visually. Whereas the the multi-cam, it's like, it is like you're sitting around and watching a version of a play for, for yes. twenty two minutes, but when you get like listen, people still love to watch friends, you know yeah. young people are continuously rewatching friends on on Netflix or wherever it is, and so they like it so like it can be done. And of course, friends had that jackpot of casting where they just yeah. had like five people that everyone loved and and wanted to to watch over and over again. But I think if you cast something great and you have something that's really funny, I I think it could work again. So I I would say if people are listening now, and they're thinking about I'm going to write, I'm going to write a sitcom, I would think about long and hard and like, see if you can try and write a multicam. It's I think it's more of a challenge writing wise, because your jokes have to be sharper or kind of come more often. But I think if you nail it, you could be the start of the uh, you know of something big, like a, a renaissance of the uh, multicam sitcom.
0: Well, they also tend to go into syndication better, mm. meaning yes. that they get resold and re, like Seinfeld, I just it's five hundred million dollars on Netflix. but right. I, I will say if you go back and you start watching these, and I think this may contribute to part of the demise, is that when you watch Seinfeld or Friends start asking yourself would cell phones solve this plot
3: <laughs> i know
0: and it's it's uncanny just how many things like the oh. restaurant they're waiting in a chinese restaurant they don't know if they're right. going to get seated well you would just log on your phone and go on on yelp or whatever these things are or some app and you would find another restaurant or El- the sponge elaine runs out of this contraceptive well you would just go online and you i mean whether <laughs> it's ebay or yeah you know, Google shopping you'd be able to find sponges. Yeah. You could go on Etsy and have someone make you a sponge. Right. You get a that, task rabbit to do it. You know, like everything Kramer was doing could be done by a task rabbit.
3: Right. But the but the one with the house in the Hamptons would still stand up. George could still lie about that house and drive well, it out to the episode end of the year. To
0: me, has come to embody every aspect of modern life, politics, <laughs> and the TV industry itself, which is We all know there are so many less viewers there. There's so much less money there. The talent pool has been diluted. The fact that people have their phones and and they have a camera that now looks at themselves to put themselves into whatever scenario they want to send to their friends, which is so much more immediately gratifying than watching other people. But we're all acting as though a multicam could come back or a TV show could have this huge hit. It's all... Come to my beach house. Oh, you have a beach house? Yeah, I definitely have a beach house. I have a show that's going to get 50 million viewers. Good. I'd love to see it. Well, I'd love to make it. Well, I'd love to give you the money to make it. Well, I would love to take the money to make it and make it for you and show you. Well, great. Are we almost there? Yes, I'm going to start making it right now. Look at me. I'm writing. Well, good. I'm getting ready to produce it. I mean, we're all in this crazy train of denial.
3: I know, but within the denial, I think there's a shred of hope. You know, there's it's like that what what's missing from that analogy is that George didn't have the hope inside of him that there would actually be his beach house there in the Hamptons when they got there. He knows full well the whole time it ain't there. And while we, you know, our the rational part of our minds knows what you just said, that, you know, it's all dwindling and it's all folly and it doesn't seem like that's ever going to explode again. There's still a hope, at least inside me that somebody is going to crack another great multicam and it'll be back and it'll start a wave of other multicams coming of back. Of other
0: rip-offs that are not good. Of
3: other rip-offs. <laughs> but I mean, you know, the listen, we knew growing up before the Cosby show, everyone was saying the, that the multicam, you know, the sitcom was dead. Not the multicam because they were all multicams, but that the sitcom was dead. And then the Cosby show came and suddenly, NBC's garden grew, and it was the greatest era I think of sitcoms, maybe ever. Well, you um, love
0: Bill Cosby.
3: Oh. <laughs> oh, I can't get enough of that guy. What a hero of mine he is! Oh, just to want to just just to sit down and have a drink with him would be an honor. <laughs> I have a little oh, unfortunate yeah, no. news for you. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you <laughs> later. <laughs> what? He did what? No, there was that year
0: you <laughs> fell off the boat and were in a coma that I still haven't filled you right. in on everything yeah. that
3: happened that year. That's, by the way, that's the sitcom, a guy there who's been go. in a coma for five years over COVID. That's, we'll, we'll work on that later. That could be a multi One um, one sets the hospital.
0: Just going, going back a little more to topic, because um, I wanted to touch on something you brought up, which, you know, getting to work with these actors and, and getting to watch them do their thing live. Uh, versus the single cam i i will say that if you when you do single cam you do end up giving a lot more of your control of the show to the director and it becomes critical that you pair up with someone who both shares and enhances your vision for what you're trying to do on making history i was so fortunate um and I didn't know him beforehand. I I sort of got match made with Jared Hess, who directed Napoleon Dynamite.
3: Nice. awesome.
0: Nacho Libre, who for some reason was just interested in doing this. He just got the script and liked it. Um, we Subsequently, he's become one of my best friends. But he, as a writer, you write these things, and I don't know how to actually make them happen. Yeah. But he plugged into this network of D.P.'s, director of photography, these lighting people he needed. So that... They essentially get together this sort of band of thieves that they know from other productions. Yeah. yeah. And they come on board we and it's trust. a traveling circus and they know how to do everything together. And all of a sudden they're lifting you up and making you look good. And if it, But if you don't plug into that and you have to assemble every component of that, that is going to be so difficult to do.
3: Yeah, yeah no, they make it... And it, listen, it's great you got a, a movie director because it is, it's a movie set. So, yeah. you know... And and all those guys want to work, you know, they want to keep working. That's not always, you know, they're not always going to be on to the next movie. So I'm sure well, they're it's happy fun for, for them show. to do
0: things that are only a commitment of a month or two, as opposed to a movie which can drag on for years and years and years.
3: Right. Yeah. Well, as can a show if it, if it goes.
0: Yeah. But I think one aspect of this we haven't touched on is after the shoot, the editing process of single cam versus multi cam as well, because mm-hmm. multi cam it kind of is within about 15% always going to be what you shot. Yeah. Okay. You can't what you see else. is what you get, but single cam after shooting you, you're maybe only 50% done because the editing and the assembling of this cut into what it's going to be with the sound and the music and everything else is its own separate form of writing, which at least going in, I had no
1: idea.
3: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, again, it's like a movie and you're right that the, the multicam side of editing is just kind of picking between, you know, take one, two or three. Yeah. And 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 then just going. Do we like
0: the one where he, you know, bangs the plate with the omelet down and says, I won't stand for it? Or do we like the one where he picks the omelet up with his hand and says, I won't stand for it and throws it through the window? Yeah. Right, it's like I like neither of them. Let's just cut it. Great. Right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> something, something you said earlier, though. I think um, I'd like to go back to just the excitement of a multicam shoot night. Is cannot be uh, overstated. It's because you and I are not people who are giddy with excitement often. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but there is something incredibly exciting about. You know when the bell rings to start filming your multicam sitcom in front of a live audience. It's incredibly exciting, and just to talk about one moment that I remember in particular from "Dads." Hold your applause. <laughs> um, despite it being, uh, you know, one of the greatest failures in uh, multicam sitcom history, let's just let's just say television history. Um, <laughs> We, uh, let's just say
0: history. Let's say history.
3: Yes. Let's put it up there with Benghazi and everything. Um, so w- we were somehow lucky enough to get Giovanni Ribisi to oh, be awesome. in dads. We, we hoodwinked him into wrecking his career temporarily. Um, but he was amazing. You know, listen, yes. a lot of people were really great on that show, but he in particular, just as an actor was, uh, uh, fantastic, sublime, I would say. Now, we had an episode, in Goldie, I don't remember if you wrote this one, I know you wrote a bunch of them, the one where Giovanni goes to the proctologist.
0: <laughs> I don't Do think remember? I wrote this. And <laughs> okay. if I did, I would never take credit for it. Right now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I will, t- and I think you know what I'm going to talk about. But So there's this yeah. was a, an episode where Giovanni's character had to go and go to the proctologist to get checked. And so in the scene... It calls for the, the doctor is quite old, and when he's got his finger up Giovanni's ass, checking him, the doctor dies. Much Would like, that be
0: solved by a cell phone?
3: <laughs> right, no. We're so not not passes my test. And so th- we, have, we had a take in front of the studio audience where Giovanni, because we can't show the finger, it's TV, you can't show any of that, all we could show is Giovanni's face. And so you see his face when the finger is inserted, and it's amazing. He gives a crazy expression. And then he holds it for a really long time, and the guy dies. And he realizes that that's (laughs) happened, that the guy's died and his rigor morting in his butthole. And so he, Goldie, if you remember this, he held that expression for so long, and the audience was laughing, laughing, laughing. And then at the end of his take, single tear down his cheek while we were filming it was like beautiful like and 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 i will never forget how happy that made me like the audience going nuts and him doing the thing where he's crying i'm like we're gonna win emmys and then yeah
0: no i i will say the dramatic moments are are often more rewarding than the comedic ones like on on united we fall what ended up being the finale and we didn't know either way because we had no verdict on if they were gonna do more but we went back into the couple's wedding, and basically, like, the story was they had eloped and pissed off both sides of their family who were incredibly insulted. But the reason they eloped was because in planning their wedding, both of their families had been such a nightmare that they said the only way to deal with this is to go off and get married by ourselves. Oh, boy, here come the tears. Here oh, the elopadope dope The elope dope so, But then... <laughs> They felt like they had been robbed of their own. They had robbed themselves of their own wedding. And so on their 10th anniversary, which they had forgotten because they were so busy with their kids, they decided they wanted to renew their vows and actually have their families in and in doing so, all the old problems resurfaced. Their families became nightmares again. Right. And they, they said, let's elope again and screw them over. But then there was this epic snowstorm. And they couldn't elope, but they were like, this is the best of all worlds because our family can't make it, but we still invited them. And then right. the family rented a snowcat and
2: <laughs> <laughs> drove through a
0: very dangerous blizzard to burst in and kind of ruin the wedding. But in ruining the wedding, they kind of, you know, made it by
3: Br- bringing interjecting them the love.
0: themselves. And then they yeah. realized, like, this is the beauty of life is you make yeah. these plans and you can't escape your destiny, which is to be with your family. Right. Yeah. It was like, really? And like, I was in tears. I mean, I'm in tears thinking about it now. I was in tears. I got goosebumps. At the taping. Yeah, I got goosebumps just thinking about
3: it. And, and like, the audience
0: loved it. I'm telling you, the audience is there. I'm not a deluded person, right? Like, I'm not someone. If, if they hated, it, I'd be the first one to go, dude, this is a disaster. I got to get it. But the audience loved it. Tears all around. Yeah. Tears with yeah. the, the cast. Tears with the crew. And then... You know, they just look at and go, "You're canceled." No, and they put garbage on, and it's just hard sometimes to recover from that.
3: Yeah, no, to go, uh,
0: well, and, then, and then and then for them to come back in two months later and go, "What else you got? You got any more ideas?" Oh yeah, yeah, I'm real eager to give you a fucking idea, you viper.
3: Well, I think we have to assume that the advice we're giving to people out there what are not happened? not what people who have been burned by the studio or network that are people uh, who are hoping to get into this game and not just yeah. one foot out the door. Save yourself the
0: heartbreak. Do a single cam. You know what?
3: No, no just go to ask. If you hate your family <laughs> and you never
0: want to see them, do the single cam because you'll your whole life. Then you'll just be uh, running yourself ragged for 18 hours a day. When they And when they cancel you, you'll be a broken person. So broken yes. they won't even ask what else you got because They'll know you're insane.
3: Yes, <laughs> that's great advice. What a great
0: <laughs> business this is. <laughs>
3: well, also you can just do what uh, Family Guy writer Mark Hentiman before he was a Family Guy writer, was a writer for uh, was it Shoebox Greetings? <laughs> or, uh, and there he is. <laughs> that's Mark's lab. Ha ha. He does it the. It was Oscar. one of
0: the. It was a greeting card company set in Cleveland, whichever. One right. That is.
3: And and can you imagine? So like he did that obviously pretty soon after college. And obviously he wanted to be a comedy writer and he has been incredibly successful. He's been working for, you know, 25 years uh, professionally. But I I can only imagine that him first getting that job at like Hallmark or whatever it is, that must have been exciting for him like he oh, must have been like holy shit i'm a writer i, I am a writer uh-huh. yeah and you know what you'll save yourself all the headaches of single cam or multi-cam <laughs> if you're writing on one side of a greeting card
2: right.
3: <laughs> so don't don't yeah, just turn your front, nose up at that the front
0: page you know it's happy birthday happy that, yeah, anniversary that's, ha- that's handled that's handled sorry your cat died that, that's yeah. We yeah, got to that. my,
3: to my favorite uncle. Those are there. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so I don't know that I think with the, the overall message is single cam, a lot of hours, you're dealing with just a movie schedule, a lot of hours, but it does give you some visual freedom. And it takes a little bit of pressure off the actual joke writing in your script. Multicam you can live a very civilized nine to five kind of schedule with a multicam. you can you can have normal hours. It puts a little bit of writing pressure on you at the beginning to nail it as though you would nail a 22 minute play. Like that's you the writing needs to be solid. So weighing those two, Again, I would encourage people to just go for a multicam. I think you got to zig when everyone's zagging. Everyone's going single cam. Try and come back and make a multicam that's that's interesting. There's something cool about it, you know? Yeah. That's what I'd say. I, I
0: agree with you. I mean, you get paid the same. So less hours. <laughs> you keep concentrating better. on the hours. <laughs>
3: we should be talking better. about the writing. <laughs> 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 I know, but you're right. You're totally right. I would... Be insane if I had to work like eighteen hours. Also,
0: I mean, now I'm just running up the score. But uh, single camera script pages are single spaced,
2: <laughs> and multi camera <laughs> script pages are double
0: spaced. Right. So you actually have to write less in fewer hours. <laughs> <laughs>
2: When you do a single thing.
3: Oh, God, this is it. Writers who hate writing. Here's right. the advice. <laughs> the real advice. I love it. Keeping with the theme. Um, all right. So I, I I enjoyed that topic, Goldie. Thank yes. you. Right. So that just was great. Emotion, you, Another emotional oh, sneak at that. Another, so another shell of himself. As I
0: discover just a, a well of anger I'm like a I'm like a Saudi Arabia of anger it, there's just beneath <laughs> the surface of the land there's just untold untapped reserves <laughs> of anger
3: every week we're, we're we're lighting your wells on fire every week
1: Carmax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you because at Carmax we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car.
3: Well, I think that was a a fairly complete debriefing on uh, single versus multicam and that hey, takes like us your dad to- said, don't
0: undersell it that was
3: an amazing
0: (laughs) and complete college-level course (laughs) on everything you need to know about writing multicam
3: versus (laughs) single-cam. That was writing 401. You have to have three previous years' experience to understand what we just talked about. All right, and now we get to the portion of our show that we love, and we hope you do too, called Top 5. Top 5! That's us singing. Best thing we'll ever do. Um, And speaking of singing, this week's category was a lot of fun to think about. This week's category is top five driving songs. Needs no explanation. You totally get it. So who wants to go first?
1: I love this topic. You came up with it, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, Number five.
0: uh, I'm going with Tom Petty's American Girl. The first uh, note just good kicks
2: good. in, <laughs> 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 and you just want to
0: stomp your foot on the accelerator.
3: Uh, can I can I make a counterpoint to that? It's a great song. Sure. But it, it, do you remember where that song was famously used in cinema, which kind of makes that, that choice a little creepier?
0: I don't. <laughs> was it, it in Star it's... Wars?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was in Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> no, it was... It was in Silence of the Lambs, and it's what oh. the girl is listening to while driving her car right before she gets kidnapped oh. by Buffalo oh, Bill. See? <laughs> That's great.
0: Was having a good time. Yeah. So <laughs> she was. Having point proof. Driving, Until. too. And
1: driving. Um,
0: <laughs> number four, Child of the 80s, Lindsay Buckingham's Holiday Road. Oh, oh. nice. I had it on yeah. and off the list. It's a it's great song. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. yeah now, nice. number three. I'm avoiding the very hacky Little Red Corvette <laughs> in favor of Prince's Let's Go Crazy.
1: Wow. Mm. Because Great choice. you're Great on song. the trip.
0: Wow. You, you've gone 300 miles. You need a boost. You got 100 to go. Yes. And you turn yep. to the person next to you and you say... Let's go
3: crazy
1: <laughs> and
3: then crank it up. <laughs> no, I just that 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 dearly beloved is like a shot of adrenaline when you yeah. hear that oh, dearly it's beloved. True. Love and it's like
1: yeah, <laughs> electric,
3: true. great, electric.
0: Uh, number two is now the other person's asleep.
2: <laughs> it's time to get
0: emotional. Yeah, it's yes. time to think about all the things in your life that brought you to this point in the trip. Some good, oh, some bad. That. Oh, you got to leave some behind. That's sad. Oh, and you got to look forward and you do that with Tracy Chapman's fast. <gasps> oh wow, yes. Oh,
2: good call. Very emotional Very.
0: indeed. Well, indeed. And when
3: No, that's, uh, that's And number uh, this, 1. Yeah. This is the I, I, Mike Tyson Spinks knockout. I know what it is. I you know do. what it is. Go ahead. We we both have the same one. Oh. Okay. No, I want you to say it. You can Life is a highway. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Come on. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me did yeah. all of your driving songs have to do? No, American Girl doesn't have to do specifically no. with driving. No. Okay, but you you, you missed a huge one I'm that sure. I cannot believe. That's possible. Yeah, I cannot. Well, believe. let's. I look just forward like to finding out what it is. <laughs> just and like Empire. Then, all right. And then let's, let's, getting angry. Let's leave. Let's leave JC for last, just to give a. a okay. yeah, unless yeah. you wanted to go. Now. No. no, no just, uh, just to,
1: yeah. Just. Just. Yeah. Let me. Let me go place, up so. against
3: Goldie to. Oh, wait, I love it. Here. I love it. Okay, number five for me. Oh, what a. Oh, what an what a guitar intro this has that just gets you abs- your neck bobbing, long train running by the Doobie Brothers. Oh <laughs> yeah, do I okay. love that song, man? I would go with China going. Grove if I was doing Doobies. I I thought about Jesus. both of them. I thought about both of them, but that Doobies got some good driving music, yeah. unquestionably. Number four, this is where I switch it up a little for me. All right. My favorite. Hip-hop song of the 90s. Favorite. And I can, as I say it, I can hear the bass thumping in my car. I can smell the weed. <laughs> um, if this is this- number four is... Don't Sweat the Technique by oh. Eric B and Rakim. Oh, oh wow. Oh. Oh, I thought for thumper. sure you were
0: about to say things that make you go hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <That would> be- <laughs>
3: Freedom Williams from Framingham Mass. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. yeah this, I'm afraid the CNC music factory has been closed for quite a while. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Don't sweat the technique. If 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 you don't even if you're not familiar with that song, just get into it. It's got maybe the greatest bassline drum combo of oh, any wow. song ever. Ever,
2: all right. Number
3: three, uh, and I thought you were going to say this on your list, Goldie. Thinking about your life, thinking about good times, bad times oh. by Led Zeppelin. Oh. Yes, wow. absolute yes. banger. Great. I yes. could run through a brick wall when <laughs> I hear that one. Number two, Blue Sky by the Almond Brothers. Oh wow, oh. Blue Sky by the Almond Brothers. What? Just an unbelievable. If it, if it happens to be sunny, it's just you what can't. What about Mister Blue Sky? Yellow. <coughs> <No. No. laughs> that's nice. way way. That's like if we did a top eight hundred, that might. <laughs> make it. All right, number two, Blue Sky and the Almond Brothers. Number one, Goldie. Where was this on your list? Panama.
0: Oh, Oh, what you can't see is me tearing out my headphones, throwing down my clipboard like a football coach who watches a kicker blow a 28-yard game-winning field goal, and just jogging back to the locker room without shaking anyone's hand. (laughs) Yes.
3: I felt certain we were both going to have the same I blew it. I would
0: actually go with Unchained over Panama as a a Van Halen banger, but I mean, I had a huge oversight.
3: I almost, I considered also Van Hagar, Dreams, which is a great driving song too. For me,
0: Van Hagar's Peak, and I'm wide open to disagree. I'm, I'm exposing
3: my flank here. Hot Summer Nights. Oh, it's a great song. Fantastic. Okay. That's yeah. a all kick right. ass song. And that <laughs> That's might be all we be need. Better.
1: That's all we need.
3: Um, yeah. <laughs> Don't you know? <laughs>
1: Don't you know? Don't
3: you know? Anyway, Panama Van Halen. Great. Good list. Great list. Okay. Okay. JC. Uh,
1: my list is very different, so different from, from the two of you's. Shocker. Yes. Okay. So, number five, Driving Long Highway. Yeah. This comes on Fades in Natural mm. Mystic. By Bob Marley. Oh, it, Oh. Yeah. love it's, that. It's excellent. Driving journey. well high. Oh, yes, a possible. Yeah, oh,
3: yeah. Many's the time. What? There's a natural mystic flowing through yes. the air. Yes, yes. I love yeah. that
1: song. Um, mm. Number four, maybe obscure to some, but maybe not in Canada. One of my all time favorite bands, a band called Metric, the song is Empty. It is my favorite, one of my favorite driving songs when i'm like okay i need to wake up i'm gonna turn this on and uh never just, heard of it oh yeah i mean it's... never
3: heard of the band yeah when you said canadian wait is it band, is it metric gonna, by it empty be... or
0: empty by metric which
1: which one is it it's <laughs> empty by metric <laughs> <laughs> emily haynes when you said favorite
3: there? favorite canadian band i thought it was going to be glass tiger don't right. forget <laughs> me when i'm gone <laughs> no it's favorite
1: band Happens to be from Canada. Just you know, okay. I think I like Canadians, possibly. Um, Okay, number three from Check Your Head. uh, So what you want? That's always like a good like wake up. Yeah, that's a good choice. Great, great, great song. And then um, also Child of the Eighties are my top two. Number two is Drive by the Cars.
3: Uh, oh, the, God. Uh, the
0: cars yes. have like four that could yes. just be on there. I, yeah, totally. That could have just been just what I, just what I needed. I mean, that oh, could I be. love yes. that song. Yeah. Yes, I uh, the, the car, drive the car is, is drive. a sad drive. You might be going yeah. to or from a funeral. Yeah.
1: I know, drive. but I love you're thinking,
3: it you're thinking while you're yes. driving to drive, and and It's drive, a meaningful think, drive.
1: Yes, <laughs> I think
3: drive. I think drive is the best ballad of the '80s. Oh wow! I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I think it's wow. the best ballad of the '80s.
1: Okay, I'm gonna to have to contemplate. Um, and then number one is "In the Air Tonight" by Phil Collins. Oh, when that what drum a call. when the drums mm. come in, the drum fill. Love oh, that.
0: Your drives know, seem to be like not have been a been... lot about <laughs> pumping up and a lot about just
1: driving, cruising, kind of
0: m- melancholy contemplation. Yeah, we did it. Yeah. You know, I grew
1: up in Mill Valley, and a lot of the pastime was driving over the mountain over Mount Tam and it was just like a lot of driving and this was this type of music I chose over the curvy mm-hmm. roads so
3: that's uh, awesome yeah. in the I mean in the air tonight of course best drum breakdown and probably a kid got history. murdered
1: right maybe maybe that,
3: he's, he, he denies that that's does, true he does yeah but but I love that story. The, the
0: most interesting thing about me by far isn't true.
1: Right.
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the most interesting thing about him now is that like his ex-wife said he shits his pants and like what? He's is that locked true? him out of his house. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, no. <laughs> um I don't know why Phil Collins became this punching bag. I love it. I too. love his music. I you like the like studio. So Ooh, so do I So too. so do I.: <laughs> I love him. Uh, and he really doesn't want Billy to forget his phone number. You know I mean, no, that's true. Uh, yeah, he's great. OK, those were great top fives, yeah. and what a very good category, Goldie, thank you yeah, for thanks. suggesting it. Um, all right, and now we're going to end this program, like we do every week, on a high
2: note. la), la, 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 la.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Tom Gamble. For that holiday high <laughs> note. Um, I'll start off. This is just a quick one. So uh, my daughter, Levy, who's six, just last weekend took her first karate class. Oh. Mm. And boy, did she love it. She absolutely loved it. Wow. Loved, first of all, step one, loved the outfit. Nice. Was very excited <laughs> about wearing the outfit and the belt. And really then cute. in the karate class was like eagerly doing all the exercises and totally smashed a wood board you know a, yes. a, a wood board wow. in half on her first day and like we have video of it <laughs> and her face wow. after she smashed it in was so happy and excited so wow. i'm just glad to know that within a couple of years all the women in my house will be able to beat the shit out of me <laughs> <laughs> so that's the first that's step great, on that road
1: um,
0: i'll step in to give jc time to think of one Uh. (laughs) thank
1: you (laughs) i had all this time i thought so this is
0: something that like no one really knows about me but to relax i play continuing with our basketball theme i play nba 2k15 yes and i've never upgraded okay so kevin durant is in an okc uniform on the cover amazing wow and part of this is that I play the Denver Nuggets, who are one of the worst teams in the game, versus oh. the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I attempt to beat wow. them. It's pretty difficult. Right. And then I, in my head, keep track of seven game series.
2: Wow. Uh, over against... the course
0: of time, as I play like championship series, the Nuggets <laughs> against the Cavs. Is, is so, Carmelo
1: still on the Nuggets at this point?
0: No. No. Okay. Okay. They're very bad. It's Ty Lawson, <laughs> uh, Gallinari. Danilo Gallinari is my star player. Okay. Anyway.
2: Ha <laughs>
0: ha. So I had tied Red Hour back at 10 championships oh, in my mind. Wow. Wow. I had then tied Red. Phil Jackson. I had won my 11th versus seven losses. Yeah. But I had been on a two championship losing streak, and I was really concerned. <laughs> but last week, I won my 12th championship <laughs>
2: yes. of my
0: mind. And I will tell you that I, I yeah, celebrated. I celebrated. goosebumps just thinking about it. I, I went kind of nuts, and no one in my house understood what was going on it's like the 12th the, the NBA 2K15 championship in my mind i mean this has been going on over the course of like 3 years or something. oh that's great that's so, so it was a like game 6 and i and it was i had just figured out a way to use randy foy who i had kind of abandoned 6 championships oh, so funny. ago and I'm using him in this new way, like I'm innovating with this team. <laughs> <laughs> and I've gotten so into it. And anyway, I'm, I'm incredible at uh, it. And I won Congratulations! Oh,
3: Thank that's awesome. Congratulations. That's awesome. Forget
1: Steph. That's yeah. the real uh, NBA <laughs> accomplishment the real this week. That's great. <laughs> that's great. Um, so, okay, my high note for this week was, so last night we had the Family Guy American Dad holiday party over yes. Zoom, yeah. where they sent us meals and they had this like hosted event with John. John Vin- and
3: Vinny. Thank John you. and Vinny's yeah. provided the food. And John and Vinny themselves were there to coach us through making it.
1: Yeah. And I was sort of like, I didn't know what to expect. But what it was was really nice was, you know, we're all in our homes. We haven't really seen each other, but somehow still able to try to connect. Yeah, And just sometimes it's just the effort that people are sort of like, letting go and you know being silly even though we're just yeah. all on camera and I I thought it was it was way more connecting way, way more you know bonding than I thought it would be I don't it know It was
3: I no. totally agree. I'm glad you brought that up cuz I I of course didn't have the food cuz I'm across the country yeah. but I just went on to just sort of be there. Yeah, you're and, funny. And oh my I god. I did the
0: opposite. Just took food and <laughs> ate it and didn't go, out
3: <laughs> yeah. go. That also would have been a good way to go. Yes, yes. <laughs>
1: It's also so.
0: A nice wait, thing. you
3: got the John and I was uh, just like god,
0: it's a free dinner. Let's take it. It's from John and Vinny's. good. good. Uh-huh. I just <laughs> ate it up. I didn't, even, oh. I didn't even think about going on the
1: Zoom. <laughs> uh-huh.
3: That might have been the way to go. Oh god, that's so. But funny. also, like Jay
1: Faro was just like dancing up a yes. storm and having a blast. And I know. You know. Well,
3: that was that was a funny thing to notice because Jay, Jay Faro, who's one of our consultants now, he writes. Yeah with us and, and voice, obviously too. does a bunch of voices and he's funny. He used to be on SNL.
1: We work really together, funny yeah.
3: comic. So he was in one of the uh, zoom windows and I think, People were kind of excited by that because I don't know that everyone even knew that he was working for the show, but yeah. they all started to see him and they started to write comments. And once, like in true, like a true yes. comic, yes. once he started seeing comments about himself, he and was dancing. on stage oh, the yeah. whole night. <laughs> and they, at the end of the night, they were playing music so people could like Zoom dance. Yes. And he was going nuts. <laughs> he
2: really was. They played
3: um, uh, Michael Jackson. What was it? Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. Yes. And he- He did like, the moves. He started dancing. <laughs> And he was, and I, I wrote in the comments right at the beginning, I'm like, there's no way he can keep this up for the whole That's, song, but he did. Did. he did, he did, he kept going. And of course that kind of stuff, Goldie, you remember from when we went to the, those Twitter awards so many years ago and they had yeah. public comments that you could, it was like that was, for the family. I think where there, a few, Megan was on there and well, a couple they shut of shut down
0: the comments because of us at the Twitter <laughs> awards know. the stream mysteriously went blank after great. tweeting after one of us tweeted, "This is horrible."
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm not having a good time. Uh, yeah, so the the comments section was kind of a fun place like yeah, that last great. night. But yes, JC, that was that was that's a fun high note. It was a fun holiday uh, gathering. Yeah, yeah a great. Just, idea. Uh, oh, anyway. good
0: dystopian fun. <clears throat> yeah, I know.
3: I like dystopia. Yeah. Um, anyway, what a fun episode. Um, we hope that you guys are having a happy holiday season. Yes. We thank you for listening. I thank the two of you for being awesome, <laughs> thank and you. we will talk to you again next week.
2: Chemical, chemical, disgusting,
3: disgusting, disgusting, disgusting.
2: And it's right now. So so do I.